Professor Dumbledore has granted me permission to start this little dueling club. And with that, welcome to the dueling club, learning one spell at a time. Hello, hello, and welcome to the dueling club. I'm Jen. And I'm Al. And I'm so tired. I'm just tired. Okay. Yeah, last night we got home at like 11-ish, and I tend to be asleep by like 10-something most nights because... I'm old. Mm-mm. Hey, I'm not old. I'm you getting older. You said that. I'm just not going to argue with it. Really. Hey, you're supposed to say you're not old. You're spry like a spring chicken. Thank you. Thank you very much. I don't like lying. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't make me say it again. Don't make me say it again. Because I said it in the last episode. You're going to be 31 in a month. You hear her attacking me again? <laughs> Two in a row. That's crazy. It's okay. And I said that after I said I'm going to be 40 this year. Oof. Oof, that's a big number. Anyway, so how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. Again, just tired. So, you know how for a while I was couponing? Yes. I haven't really been couponing very much recently. Yeah, we have Kobe beef money now. Like. <laughs> no, yes, but no. Um, no, the reason I haven't is because there haven't really been a lot of deals that are good. Um, and yesterday I attempted to go couponing, but all of the deals I wanted to get in one place were completely empty. Mm-hmm. And in another place, we're half empty. So I was like, I can't really do the deals I want to do. So I'm just going to go home. And then my knee started hurting. So that was like 100% reason why I was going to go home. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't mind doing it. And I tend to give stuff away that I coupon anyway. Mm-mm. Like I've given you stuff. I've given mom stuff. I've given our sister stuff. I've given stuff to the boyfriend's family and other people. So it's like, and we still have a closet full of things. Mm-hmm. Shampoos, conditioners, lotions, body wash, like all kinds of stuff. Speaking of which, do you want me to bring you some stuff over? For... Uh, yeah. Okay. That'd be helpful. Yeah. Anyway, so basically I want to get back into it, mm-hmm. but the the current structure of things, like I'd have to go first thing in the morning on Saturdays to get it done. And that's hard for me because I like to be able to at least sleep in one of the days of the weekend. Um, and it never works out that way. No. So, you know, I was just a little frustrated that I didn't get to coupon yesterday. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all right. It happens. I'll try again next weekend. We'll see what happens. Mm, okay. Um, what else? What else is going on? What else is going on? My job is ridiculously busy right now. How does that feel? I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, no one likes to be busy busy, but... Yeah. It makes it so that my day goes by very quickly, but then, like... I'll realize I haven't posted an episode for the podcast and then I have to, or I've realized I need to actually take time to finish that scarf for Stephanie Persephone that I haven't finished yet, but I told her why I didn't finish it. So she knows it's coming and I'm actually going to throw a little bit of something extra into that package for her being patient for waiting. Hey, listen, it's worth being patient then. I know, right? Um... But it's like, when I'm done with work, I literally want to do nothing. Which isn't good because then laundry piles up and like other random things pile up. (laughs) But it's good for the mind to not have to do anything for a while. Yeah. I mean, getting some rest is good when you're under pressure a lot because of work or what have you. And that's really just what it is. Like, my job requires a fair amount of of knowledge and investigation. So my brain is constantly going for eight hours a day when yeah. it comes to work. And, like, a specific set of skills 
like that's what happens so then and it's really nine hours because i have an hour break but you know you don't your brain doesn't stop thinking about those things when you're relaxing so when i get off of work i literally just want to not deal with it but then i have another set of things that needs to be done like dinner needs to get made and laundry needs to happen and and i need to clean up a little bit and the cats want to play and you know which is funny because marley is 13 years old now 14 Mm -hmm. oh my gosh she an old baby she old baby she's gonna be 14 this year jeez louise anyway but yeah, I like to try to have a little bit of playtime with them because I want them to to still get some, some you know, interaction, stimulation, mm-hmm. and not be lazy kitties. Fair enough. Yeah. So that's what's happening right now. Okay. Yeah. What's going on with you? Anything we haven't discussed already? Not really. Our sister moves into her new place or has been moving into her new place. Yep. So pretty soon, the house will be, you'll have your space to yourself again. Mm-hmm. And mom will have her space to herself again. Mm-hmm. It'll be nice and calm. Yay. <laughs> yeah, he just, he just did like a, a fist pump yay kind of thing. You didn't see it because this is a podcast, but I saw it. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> you did see it. I did, which is why. <laughs> and he made a face this time, which is why I didn't have to tell you because there's no other way that you guys would know. True. Anything else happening? Not really. I'm trying to decide if I want to get Clucky. I've never had Clucky before, by the way. I have never had Clucky either. Really? Yes, really. I've heard stories. Oh, it was our other sister then who's gone to Cluck You. Yes. Would you like some Cluck You? I don't know. We'll discuss it afterwards. Okay. Because we have a 911 sauce, which has a warning. Well, if it has a warning, then we need to get it. Obviously. Clearly. If I'm not in danger, I'm not enjoying my food. <laughs> so Last I time literally... I punched a shark. <laughs> so I was literally looking at this uh, 20... D20 that you have. Yes. And I was like, why is there a little a little wolf dragon thing on it? And that's the 20. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. So last episode, for part of the episode, I was literally looking at all of the numbers <laughs> to figure out which one it was. And then I got halfway through and I was like, it's the 20. <laughs> it's the 20. Okay. Okay, cool. That's a very limited edition uh, die, by the way. It came in a special edition Magic the Gathering um, crossover kind of thing with like D and D called like uh, the Forgotten Realms or something like that. Okay, and it, they're not available anymore. It's a very cool die, and honestly, every time I come over here, I play with it. You can have it if you want it. No, it's it's my come over here and play with it thing. Okay, fair enough. It's very pretty. Can you still get it? Actually, let me find out. Anyway. So, yeah, and it feels nice, especially since my fingers feel weird right now because of the the nails. Mm, gotcha, I gotcha, just gotcha. I did my nails yesterday for our Valentine's Day date, and like I'm not one to have my nails done. I I I clean up nicely, but I tend to be pretty natural when it comes to stuff. Like I don't I don't usually wear makeup very often. I don't um. I don't Adventures do my nails hardly ever. Realms. Ooh. I don't do my nails f- hardly ever. And I did these myself. And it's that poly gel. And it's really cute. Like, look, it's sparkly. It is sparkly. It's sparkly. And, you know, I think that every once in a while you should be able to do something for yourself. I am very much, next time I want to do my nails, I think I'm actually going to go get them done. Because let's 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 help stimulate the economy let's pay somebody for their skills and their time true you know big brain yeah i'm looking for the box i can see what it looks like because i have a little listing here okay but how about you do that later let me take two seconds I'm right here okay i spent um i think 20 bucks on it and or mm-hmm. 25 
It's fifty right now. The dye itself? The the, the whole box. It has like a couple oh, of no. packs and the the dye. Okay. So anyway. Um. Yeah. So. I kind of want to buy another. No, I'm not gonna buy another. One. No. 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 So. Small brain. So just a heads up. Take care of yourselves, guys. Please do. Do the, do the little things that you like. If you like to, if you like to get your nails done. If you have the money, go get your nails done. If you don't have the money, paint them at home yourself. Or you can be like me who during the pandemic bought the poly gel stuff and started doing it myself. So, it sounds very superficial to want, like, it, it, but, okay. It's not super, if you feel good about it, then do it. That's, as long as you thing. don't hurt people with whatever you want to do, or yourself, like, do the little things that make you happy. Do Get your nails done or do them yourself. The thing is, is that small changes physically can have a great impact on your mentality and how you're feeling in general. So, I felt super pretty yesterday. And that's a good thing. And that made me super happy yesterday. And then we had a great dinner and a great time together. And I was smiling from the from the inside out. Like, it wasn't just a smile on my face. It was literally, I was beaming. Because I was having such a good time. And I know it sounds silly to say it, but the nails really helped. Because I was sparkly. You know what we should do? What should we do? We should go have these on a 3D printer. Why? Because number one, you have Kobe beef money. <laughs> and number two, would you not like to have those little cute little trinkets 3D printed that are super custom for you? I feel like you're the kind of person who would like that. We'll talk about it later. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Are you okay? I kick things. Stop <laughs> kicking things. I kick things. Okay. So, you know what well, else I'll is really right cool? Now. You know what else is really cool? Let me guess. Cookies. Cookies are delicious. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but that's not what I was going to say. I know, but... But you know what else is segment. really cool? Yeah, what, what's really cool? Our podcast and our Facebook group. We're on Facebook. We got a page and a group. Come join us. You know what else is really cool? Our whole podcast being on Podbean. But you can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether it's like CastBox or iTunes or Google Play. We're on there. I mean, enjoy. But, you know, totally like, follow, and subscribe. Okay. <laughs> You're like, um, I hate you a little bit. Not a little bit, but a lot. Is that what you're saying to me right now? <clears throat> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. I thought so. I thought so. So, getting back to Harry Potter. Harry Potter. We are still in Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Season 5, episode 29. You counted. Um, That's nice. Yes. Well, because I had to make sure. Um, chapter 26. Yes. Seen and unforeseen. Oh, snap. That sounds ominous. Um, <laughs> so let's do a little recap. Um, Valentine's Day. Yeah, Awkward. Valentine's Day was a disaster for Harry. In in one sense, and pretty good in another sense. So Cho got jealous of Hermione because Harry is being a teenage, a, an oblivious teenage boy, and says, "Oh, I have to meet Hermione today at uh, the the Three Broomsticks at noon." And Cho is like, "Wait a second, you have a date with another girl uh, today on Valentine's <laughs> Day?" He's like. Yeah, <laughs> but like you can come. She said it's fine, and, and she's like, <laughs> "Sorry, I'm what? making Harry like sound like such a douche." I love it, <sighs> but he's not. So he didn't mean to, but he he kind of was that way. Um, and lo and behold, Hermione has set up a meeting, a uh, basically an interview with Rita Skeeter. Remember how Rita isn't allowed to publish anything for a year because Hermione found yeah. her as an unregistered. Yeah, that. But unregistered and a magus. And a magus. If we ever have merch, that's going to be the first shirt. <laughs> what? 
is it's gonna be just <laughs> anime just twice question mark yeah one on your chest and one a little further down no people who, who listen to the podcast will understand what it means i can never say it right i don't know which one it is it, okay you're gonna tell me and i'm gonna forget it's just Let's just leave it to my my almost 40-year-old brain that is just a word that I'm not going to get. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. It's not going to go. It's not going to do it. It's not going to My brain just doesn't. Nope. Does not compute. Will not go in. It just doesn't happen. I respect it. <laughs> there are just certain things. Like, don't you realize that, that there are certain things that your brain is just like, nope. Uh, nope. Mm-mm. See, I have gone really hard to ignore those things. So I can't tell you. I surely have them. <laughs> the gaps of knowledge or the little, little, <laughs> little gooferies. But I don't know what it is, thankfully. Or else I'd focus on it and hate myself. <laughs> so I wouldn't I, hate myself for it. I, I literally am just. <laughs> but I would hate myself for it. I have a problem for, with people who mispronounce words that aren't. Um, from this language that have made it into this language like if you say voila instead of voila yeah it irritates the bejeebus out of me um what's another word that i'm like i can't i can't that that one specifically annoys me bone apple teeth (gasps) (laughs) it it makes me cringe Internally and externally. Yeah. You know what one of my biggest pet peeves is? What is it? It. This is very targeted. And I don't want you to feel attacked if you fall within this group. I'm sure that if you're listening to this podcast, you are a lovely individual. And this does not apply to you. I will hurt you. But it probably applies to someone... That you know or is in your family, if you fall within this group. When people, like Italian-Americans specifically, look at, like, a lasagna or look at meatballs or pizza and go something like, this is an Italian, my grandma can make better. Some sh- something like that. I almost said a bad word. You almost said. Some, something, something obnoxious like that. I hate that. It makes me die. It's like the arrogance. Chill. We understand. This is not the motherland. This is the home. This is in Italy. You've also never been there, though, so chill out a little bit. <laughs> like, you, you've never, you've probably never had pulpete, which is the original meatballs, by the way. Don't start with me. Well, it's actually pulpete, but. Yeah. Because it's like pulp, pulpete. Anyway. It's okay. Tortufo. <sighs> it's actually, what is it? Tortufo? Uh, Tartufo instead of tortufo. Yeah, I think it's tar, tar, yeah tartufo. So it's dessert. Yeah. Anyway, but like, calm down there, buddy. <laughs> it, it again, if you fall within that group, I still love you. It's fine. But oh my god, I can't. One one of my biz, biggest pet peeves, and of course, it always centers mm-hmm. around speech. Yeah. I don't have a problem with with. I do not have a problem with people using the vernacular of of their area. Mm-hmm. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with people. Regardless, I know where you're going. Yes, I knew it. It is not a word. I don't care. Okay, regardless means lacking regard. The prefix "ir" means without. If you put them together, irregardless means without the lack of regard, which means regarding. People use it. As they should be using the word regardless. Do not use irregardless. It is not a word. Come at me if you want to. But that is not a word. Period. I actually... Several years ago. <laughs> I, I actually... Mm-hmm. Um, may have in, in an email exchange... Um, pointed this out to my manager Mm. who used the word irregardless oh no and pointed it out to her oh no about how she was incorrectly using the word and Mm -hmm. how that made her seem uneducated oh no and um well you are brave 
And this was after I had already been retaliated against by her. So for pointing out things that were done within the company by her that were against rules. Mm-hmm. Um, so and in a no retaliation corp- company, I was retaliated against for doing that. So I gave zero Fs at that point. Understood. Fair enough. So I called her uneducated in an email string that had, I don't know, the entire department on it. Mm. Yes, because we like to fight. We like to instigate sometimes. Sometimes I get a little petty. You know what? I respect it. Sometimes I get a little petty. Um, Was that the appropriate thing to do? No. Okay. I know it was inappropriate. Did I care? (laughs) Not at all. See, the thing is. Yeah. Is. That day I woke up and chose violence. Listen. (laughs) Do I judge you? No. She did. Do I applaud you? Yes. She did. And she stood up. Stood up from where she was sitting. And asked me to come over to her. Mm-hmm. And I said, are you going to use the word again? <laughs> and she just sat down. Listen. That was a little petty. That was a lot petty. That was a lot petty. But, but I respect it. But I'm going to tell you, she never used it in an email out to the entire team again. She learned. I was just teaching her that day. You see, look how giving you are. <laughs> You're out here trying to teach dumb people. That's crazy. I was also 20 in my 20s. Like You said a couple of years ago. I know. You're talking about two, dec- two decades ago right now. Shut up. You know what? Well, let's keep let's keep recording. Anyway. <laughs> so Cho was mad. <laughs> you are you are defeated now. Cho was big mad. You're like, I have Kobe money, but Yeah. And stop telling people I have Kobe money. I don't have Kobe money. You have Kobe money. I don't. So anyway, um, what was I saying? Cho was mad. About a couple Cho years was ago. big mad. Shush your mouth. <laughs> and I said mouth on purpose. I understand that it's mouth. Th. Weirdy. Um. Takes one to know one, so it's fine. So. Uh, Cho was big mad. Um, Hermione set up a meeting with Rita Skeeter, and Harry is going to give a tell-all interview. That's going to go in the Quibbler. So yes. That's going to be interesting. Let's see what happens. Right? Let us find out this time on this episode of the Dueling Club. Yes, on this. Yeah, go. Don't tell me how to live my life. I okay. tell you. So, season five. We, did, we season already did three. that. I wasn't paying attention, to be honest. Um, season five, episode unseen. 26, 27, 28, 29. Yes. Chapter 26, seen and unforeseen. Yes. Uh, did we do the, the, the thing? Already? I just did the recap. I wasn't paying attention. At all. I was in my own world. You were just there. making fun of me. That's what you were doing. I was making fun of you and looking at delicious chicken that I could order. I'm so sorry. I'm not sorry. Um... So, Luna Lovegood does not know when the interview with Harry will be published in the Quibbler. At dinner. That's the very interview s- where he named Death Eater names. Exposed everyone in 4K. Okay. <laughs> At dinner, Harry tells Dean Thomas, Seamus Finnegan, and Neville about the interview. You remember Seamus Finnegan, the one who was like, I don't believe you. My mother says that you're nutters and so is Dumbledore. And Harry was like, I don't give a mm, what your mother says. That's basically what happened. Yes, true. All agree that Harry acted courageously. As they leave, Ron arrives from Quidditch practice while Cho Chang walks in with Marietta Edgecombe. Edgecombe? Edgecombe. Edgecombe. Yes. Uh, ignoring oh, Harry. Okay, so in French, when there's an E at the end of something, you're supposed to pronounce the letter before it. So Edgecombe? Anyway, Ignoring Harry. Sorry. When Harry tells Hermione <laughs> that their date went badly, Hermione suggests he approached it wrong. So here, I have to read it. Okay. okay. Uh, so he tells them what happens at Ma- Madame Puttyfoot's tea shop. 
So then he finished several minutes later as the final bit of crumble disappeared. She jumps up right and says, I'll see you around Harry and runs out of the place. He put down his spoon and looked at Hermione. I mean, what was all that about? What was going on? Oblivious teenage boy. Hermione glanced over at the back of Cho's head and sighed, Oh, Harry. Well, I'm sorry, but you were a bit tactless. Me? Tactless? said Harry, outraged. One minute we were getting on fine. Next minute she was telling me that Roger Davies asked her out and how she used to go and snog Cedric in the stupid tea shop. How was I supposed to feel about that? Well, you see, said Hermione, with the patient air of one explaining that one plus one equals two (laughs) to an over-emotional toddler, you shouldn't have told her that you wanted to meet me halfway through your date. But, but, but you told me to meet you at 12 and to bring her along. How was I supposed to do that without telling her? You should have told her differently, said Hermione, still with that maddeningly patient air. You should have said it was really annoying, but I'd made you promise to come along to the three broomsticks and you really didn't want to. You'd much rather spend the whole day with her. But unfortunately, you thought you really ought to meet me. And would she please, please come along with you? And hopefully you'd be able to get away more quickly. And it might have been a good idea to mention how ugly you think I am, too. Hermione added as an afterthought. But I don't think you're ugly. (laughs) <laughs> said Harry, bemused. Hermione laughed. Harry, you're ver- you're worse than Ron. Well, no, you're not. She sighed as Ron himself <coughs> came stumping into the hall, splattered with mud and looking grumpy. Look, you upset Cho when you said you were going to meet me, so she tried to make you jealous. It was her way of trying to find out how much you liked her. Is that what she was doing? Well, wouldn't it have been easier if she just asked me whether I liked her better than you? Girls don't often ask questions like that, said Hermione. Well, they should, said Harry forcefully. Then I could have just told her I fancy her and we wouldn't have had to get her and she wouldn't have had to get herself all worked up again about Cedric dying. Okay, chill. That's what it says. I know, but my goodness. And then Hermione says, I'm not saying what she did was sensible. I'm just trying to make you see how she was feeling at the time. And then Ron says, you should write a book. (laughs) True. Translating mad things girls do so boys can understand them. The thing is, is that I would still buy it. (laughs) Oh, no. Do you understand the circuits and loops I have to do in my head to understand girls sometimes? You could just ask your sister. Yeah. You have an insider right here. Yeah, but I don't want you to be, like, exiled by the council. They won't know. Okay, fair enough. I mean, there is no council. What are you talking about? Yeah, we don't have one either. Shifty eyes. Moving on. Um... So it was see. <laughs> okay, Ron and Jenny come back into that's that's what I just read. Yes. They come back into the Great Hall. They're there, um, and Ron and Jenny are dejected over how bad Quidditch practice was. Oh, no. So just a heads up, Jenny is now the seeker for the Gryffindor Quidditch team. Yes. Um, and everybody seems to be pretty happy about that. Uh, unfortunately, Angelina is still nearly in tears at the end of the practice. So, clearly, not everything is happy. No. Um, the twins who, who comment, because I guess they watch the practice, even though they're not allowed to be on the team anymore, tell Hermione and Harry that Ginny is actually a really great player. They actually say an excellent player. Mm -hmm. And they're like... We have no idea how. Um, So they actually said, good, we were watching their practice. They're going to be slaughtered. They're complete rubbish without us. (laughs) Come on, Jenny's not bad, said George fairly, sitting sitting down next to Fred. Actually, I don't know how she got so good, seeing how we never let her play with us. And I love Hermione. 
She says she's been breaking into your broom shed in the garden since the age of six and taking each of your brooms out in turn when you weren't looking. Oh, said George, looking mildly impressed. Well, (laughs) that'd explain it. (laughs) (laughs) I love how it's not even just like, wow, she really, she, she did that. Like, that's rude. She used my thing. No, it was like, you know what? Listen. Whatever whatever works, man. It works. It works. We're good. Yeah. Fred laments that Quidditch was about the only thing keeping them at school. And honestly, let's be real. It kind of was. They Didn't they say earlier in this book that they didn't care that they didn't get any, hardly any owls and that they were just going back to have willing subjects to try their stuff? Yep. Like their minds are on other things. Not school. This is not to advocate for people not going to school. Go to school. Hold on. Hold on. Up through high school. Okay. You should definitely go to school. Do the best that you can. Learn. Socialize. But not socialize to the point of getting bad grades. Um, Enjoy yourself. But also learn. And do the best that you can do. This is where I'm going to say something that might be controversial, but I'm going to say it. College is not for everyone. We're not saying that you need to go to college to get a good career. You don't. There's trade schools. There's apprenticeships with with masters in the field. Do you know how much uh, HVAC people make? Do you know how much electricians make? Do you know how much plumbers make? Shoot. Do you know how much sanitation workers make? You do not need college degrees for those things. If you do not want to go to college, it is perfectly understandable. We're not going to lie. Some things may be more difficult, but not impossible. Find your your place. That is my TED Talk today. That was basically what my thing was. Okay. Um, I didn't want to. I didn't want to say everybody needs to go to school forever and ever, because for some people, academia is a thing. They love it. They want to be in it. They want to get a bachelor's and master, multiple masters, and a PhD, and and this and that, and be professors and all of that. And if that is your goal, go for it. But not everybody wants to be in higher education. Mm-hmm. And those just to me, my point is that not going to school is also a viable option, and you need to consider all of your options and not just be convinced or forced or cajoled. Is that the word? Cajoled. Cajoled words are hard. That one. Thank you. Into doing something. Co- coerced. That's another That's the other one. That's the better one. Yes. Into just doing something that you don't want to do, like your parents are forcing you, or. Vocabulary, big brain over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or your f- even friends can convince you, like, yeah, we had to go to the same school together and stuff. I mean, you should be able to just do what you want to do, but you have to understand that there will be differences on your path than other people's. Things yeah. aren't going to play the same. Beauty might, school? Yeah, you might be limited by... So, the job that I had before wouldn't even consider me without a degree, but because my sister worked there, because Jen worked there, and because I had a lot of experience in that field as well, they actually considered me and I got the job. But without a degree, they wouldn't have considered... And without a degree, the recommendation a and a degree, yeah. or without the recommendation experience, because I didn't have a degree, I wouldn't have even been considered. Mm-hmm. So that's just like how life is. I don't understand why. I don't think a degree... Uh, the presence of a degree makes you a more intelligent person. Not necessarily. I've met some people who are who had college degrees. I'm not going to discount people's degrees because I don't have one or whatever. It's just the fact that I think that there are immensely intelligent people who don't have degrees and immensely stupid people who do have degrees. Yes. So it's unfair to use that as a measuring stick, but Agreed. That's just how corporate America is. And that has been our TED Talk. Yes. Anyway, back to go the, the chapter. Yes. Um, so, again, they said they didn't even really want to be in school. 
And with the skiving snack box line ready to go, since, you know, they've tried it out on everybody, um, they could open a store at any time. And they don't need their newts to do that. They do not. No. Again, they picked a different path. Mm-hmm. Um, the following weekend's Quidditch game against Hufflepuff is awful, as they expected, with only two mitigating factors. First, it was short. And second, Ginny uh, was amazing. Mm-hmm. She did excellent flying. And she grabbed the snitch right from under the Hufflepuff Seeker's nose. Correct. And but Gryffindor lo- still loses, but they only lost by ten points. So how bad had they had been doing to still to catch the snitch, which is hundred and fifty points, and still lose by ten points? Like that's like putting up an NBA team. Against a middle school basketball team. Listen, life is hard sometimes. <laughs> okay. Yes. You stop that. I'm just saying. Um, and of course, Harry's just having a rough go at it because that night he has the reoccurring nightmare of the long hallways and closed doors and he wakes up to Ron snoring loudly. Heckin' Ron. Well, thank goodness Ron woke him up because... That would be an unnerving dream to have continuously, you know? Yeah. Um, so the following Monday at breakfast, what happens? Um, Harry is surprised by a flock of owls delivering him mail. The Quibbler, the Quibbler article was published over the weekend, and the letters seem evenly split between those who think he is insane and others believing that his story fills the gaping holes in the ministry's official version. Professor Umbridge is incensed, and immediately gives Harry detention and penalizes him 50 house points, as well as canceling further Hogsmeade uh, visits. Okay. So he he opens up the brown package. They're in the hall, the great hall. Um... He opens up brown packaging and outrolled a tightly furled copy of March's edition of the Quibbler. He unrolled it to see his own face grinning sheepishly at him from the front cover. In large red letters across his picture were the words, Harry Potter speaks out at last. The truth about he who must not be named and the night I saw him return. Ooh. Spicy and um and Luna's like it's good, isn't it? It is good. Anyway, um, so they're reading the letters. The Harry, Ron, and Hermione start ripping open envelopes. This one's from a bloke who thinks you're off your rocker," said Ron's gl- Ron, glancing down his letter. Ah, oh, well, this wo- woman recommends you try a good course of shock spells at Saint Mungo's. Hermione looked disappointed. This one looks okay, though. Hey, she says she believes you. Or, hey, she says she believes me, because it's Harry reading it. Mm. This one's in two minds, said Fred. Says you don't come across as a mad person, but he really doesn't want to believe you know who's back. So he doesn't know what to think now. Blimey, what a waste of parchment. (laughs) (laughs) I love Fred. Here's another one you've convinced, Harry, said Hermione excitedly. Having read your side of the story, I am forced to the conclusion that the Daily Prophet has treated you very unfairly. Little though I want to think that he who must not be named has returned, I am forced to accept that you are telling the truth. Oh, this is wonderful, said Hermione. Not the letter, because nobody's going to say, oh, this is wonderful when, when, you know, the Dark Lord has returned. I understood. I know. Uh, Another one who thinks you're barking. Uh, so he crumbles ron crumples it up but this one says you've got her converted and she now thinks you're a real hero she put in a photograph too wow (laughs) (laughs) oh ron hermione's right there by the way ron i know oh no and this is when professor umbridge comes in what is going on here said a falsely sweet girlish voice we're chilling. Yeah. 
<laughs> Harry looked up with his hands full of envelopes. <laughs> Professor Umbridge was standing behind Fred and Luna, her bulging toed eyes scanning the mess of owls and letters on the table in front of Harry. Behind her, he saw many of the students watching them avidly. Why have you got all these letters, Mr. Potter? Well, we know why. Because he did an interview with the Quibbler. But the Quibbler is what caught Umbridge's attention. People have written to me because I gave an interview about what happened to me last June. An interview? What do you mean? I mean, a reporter asked me questions and I answered them. Here. Sassy Harry. Sassy Harry. I mean, Harry that is, is an interview. That's the definition of an interview. That's my heart. My heart. Sassy Harry is my spirit. Mm-hmm. And he threw the copy of the Quibbler at her. She caught it and stared down at the cover. Her pale, doughy face turned an ugly, patchy violet. When did you do this? Last Hogmeade's weekend. There will be no more Hogsmeade's visits for you, Mr. Potter. How dare you? How you could... I have tried again and again to teach you not to tell lies. The message, apparently, has still not sunk in. 50 points from Gryffindor and another week's worth of detentions. That little witch. But. <laughs> She's a witch. The thing is, is that it didn't happen on school grounds. Nor did he actually break any school rules. Exactly. So she's literally just arguing to argue. Okay. So, you know, we're going to keep going. I would have gone to Dumbledore and been like, I don't think that's fair. Yeah. By mid-morning, enormous signs had been set, been put up all over the school, not just on the house notice, notice boards, but in corridors and classrooms, too. By order of the High Inquisitor of Hogwarts, any student found in possession of the magazine, The Quibbler, will be expelled. The above is in accordance with Educational Decree Number 27. Signed, Dolores Jane Umbridge, High Inquisitor. And I had to say it like that because that is the voice, mm-hmm. the tone that I read it with when I read it in my head. Mm-hmm. Okay. And every time Hermione caught sight of one of these signs, she beamed with pleasure. And Harry says, what exactly are you so happy about? Don't you see? If she could have done one thing to make absolutely sure that every single person in this school will read your interview... It was banning it. Hermione's so smart. I love her. Okay. And it seems that it was quite right. By the end of the day, um, Harry had not seen so much of a corner of the Quibbler anywhere in the school. The whole, whole place, even though he hadn't, the whole place seemed to be quoting the interview at each other. He heard them whispering about it. Um, as they queued up outside of classes, discussing it over lunch in the back of lessons, while Hermione even reported that every occupant of the cubicles in the girls' toilets had been talking about it when she nipped in there before ancient runes. So everyone, every single person is talking about it. Also, just as an aside, if you heard dog whining in the background, I let her upstairs, so that's gone now. Yes. Because she is a whiny baby. Yes, she is. But that's understandable because she loves us. True. Um, yeah. So, and then she says, and they spotted me and obviously they know I know you. So they were bombarding me with questions. And Harry, I think they believe you. I really do. I think you finally got them convinced. Oh, my goodness. Meanwhile, Professor Umbridge was stalking the school, stopping students at random and demanding that they turn out their pockets and their books. Harry knew what she was looking for. Um, Well, she was looking for copies of the Quibbler, but the students were several steps ahead of her. The pages carrying Harry's interview had been bewitched and resemble extracts from textbooks if anybody but themselves read it, or else wiped magically blank until they wanted to peruse it again. Soon it seemed that every single person in the school had read it. And of course, um, on top of that, it wasn't just that anybody who who read it... um, who was possessing the quibbler was going to be expelled. Um, She then also made a decree that teachers 
couldn't discuss. Oh, no, that was last time. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So on top of teachers not being able to discuss things with students that was not class related, now there's that. And the teachers, of course, since they were forbidden from mentioning the interview by educational decree number 26 from last time, they found ways to express their feelings uh, about it anyway. So Professor Sprout awarded Gryffindor 20 points when Harry passed her a watering can. <laughs> a beaming Professor Flitwick pressed a box of squeaking sugar mice at him at the end of charms and said, shh, and hurried away. And Professor Trelawney broke into hysterical sobs during divination and announced to the startled class and a very disturbing umbrage that um, Harry was not going to suffer an early death after all, but would live to a ripe old age, become Minister of Magic, and have 12 children. She gave him the dozen treatment. Yeah. Respect. <laughs> right? She was like, you know what? No. You're amazing and wonderful and you're going to get everything you want. And I don't care what you, pointing at Umbridge, It gets, it gets think. exactly what she wants. Ho, ho. And at the end of a transfiguration class right after that, I, this, this is the part that gets me. Seamus steps out of the queue to face him and says to Harry, I just wanted to say, and he's mumbling, squinting at Harry's left knee, I believe you, and I've sent a copy of that magazine to my mom. Oh, that's a big deal for Harry. Yes, and for Seamus. Because you know what? At that age, you never want to admit you're wrong. Yes. Ever. Yes. So that's like a big deal. And the fact that like Harry has been, was attacked by him. And like Harry and him aren't very close. But they spend a lot of time together. They share really a room. think about it. They, yeah. they share a room. So, I don't know. They're in the same year, in the same house. They share a room. It, it is, it, that's just the way it goes. So that means a lot to him. And Cho, it seems like she's read it too. So she's forgiven him. And she apologizes for her own behavior and her own part in everything that happened. And she tells him how brave he was. Um, and what is... What is even better is um, Malfoy, Crab, and Goyle's reactions. He saw them with their heads together later that afternoon in the library. Together with a weedy-looking boy, Hermione whispered, was called Theodore Knott. You know that name. Mm -hmm. Um, They looked around at Harry as he browsed the shelves for a book he needed on partial uh, vanishment. And Goyle cracked his knuckles threateningly, and Malfoy whispered something undoubtedly malevolent to Crab. Harry knew perfectly well why they were acting like this. He had named all of their fathers as Death Eaters. And Hermione whispers this gleefully as they leave the library. And the best bit is they can't contradict you, because then they'd have to admit they've read the article. Which would mean they'd be expelled. (laughs) uh you know hermione is like top level petty i love it true i love it you don't mess with hermione unfortunately that night harry has another disturbing dream in which he is voldemort discussing discussing bode's death with rookwood one of the escaped death eaters voldemort is angry because rookwood who worked at the ministry before his arrest told them that the plan to extract something from the Ministry was doomed to fail. That is why Bode fought Malfoy's imperious curse so strongly. Dismissing Rookwood, Voldemort asks to see Avery, who helped create the plan. Harry wakes up, screaming. Ron asks if there is another attack, but Harry says only the Death Eater Avery is in trouble. Ron wants him to tell Dumbledore, but Harry refuses, saying Dumbledore would not have had him learn occlumency if he wanted to hear about these things. Mm-hmm. Discussing Harry's dream the next day, Hermione speculates that Bode, under the Imperious Curse, was being forced to steal the weapon at the Ministry and, running afoul of the protective spells around it, went insane and landed in St. Mungo's. The healer there had said that Bode was recovering, so the Death Eaters probably killed him off before he improved enough to recount what happened. Yeah. Harry recalls that Lucius Malfoy was loitering in the Department of Ministry of Mystery Department of Mysteries the same day as his hearing. Uh, 
Hermione guesses that Lucius used the Imperious Curse on Sturgis Podmore, which is why he was trying to get through a security door at the ministry when he was arrested. Yes, and that's what Hermione says here. Sturgis, she gasped. Sturgis Podmore, arrested for trying to get through a door. Lucius Malfoy got to, got him too. I bet he did in the, did it that day you saw him there, Harry. Sturgis had Moody's invisibility cloak, right? So what if he was standing guard by the door, invisible, and Malfoy heard him move or guessed he was there or just did the Imperious Curse on the off chance that a guard was there. So when Sturgis next had an opportunity, probably when it was his turn on guard duty again, he tried to get into the department to steal the weapon for Voldemort. Ron, be quiet. But he got caught and sent to Azkaban. I'm telling you, Hermione's Hermione's on it. She's like this. Yep. <sighs> okay. Harry continues his occlumency lessons, but his hatred for Snape prevents him from clearing his mind. Although he is making little progress, on one occasion, he briefly enters Snape's mind using a shield charm. The next attempt, Harry again experiences his corridors, uh, his corridor dream, but when he reaches the door, it is open for the first time. Uh, Snape breaks him from the vision, seeming concerned at what is happening, or what is appearing in Harry's mind, rather. So do we, do we want to talk about what he sees in Snape's mind. Was it this time? I thought it was another time. This, this, to me, Snape's. I'll read it. Okay. Snape it staggered. His wand flew upward away from Harry, and suddenly Harry's mind was teeming with memories that were not his. A hook-nosed man was shouting at a cowering woman, while a small, dark-haired boy cried in a corner. A greasy-haired teenager sat alone in a dark bedroom, pointing his wand at the ceiling, shooting down flies. A girl was laughing as a scrawny boy tried to mount a bucking broomstick. That's all. Okay. And then Snape yells, enough. Yes, yes. So this is the next time. After the, 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 the next one. Yes. Okay. <laughs> A man kneeling in the middle of a darkened room. It's nothing. Mm-hmm. It was just a dream, a dream. You didn't know why we're here. Yes, remind me why we are here, Harry. Potter, rather, not Harry. He never called him Harry. He never called him Harry. Uh, so I can learn occlumency, correct, Potter. And dim though you may be, I would have thought that after two months worth of lessons, you might have, admit, uh, have made some progress. How many other dreams about the Dark Lord have you had? Just that one. Perhaps. Perhaps you actually enjoy having these visions and dreams, Potter. Maybe they make you feel special, important. No, that's your job, isn't it? Blah, 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 blah. My job, not if you are. Blah, 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 blah. So it keeps happening. So he, they go at it again, and he sees the same thing. And Snape is like, explain yourself. And he's like, I don't know what happened. And Snape says, you're not working hard enough. And then he keeps going and he's like, you are lazy and sloppy, Potter. It is a small wonder that the Dark Lord... And Harry says, can you tell me something, sir? Why do you call Voldemort the Dark Lord? I've only ever heard Death Eaters call him that. Oh, okay, okay. So this is what this is. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Brain. Small brain. And then um, they're, they're, they're he's about is... to say something to him and their session is interrupted by... Uh, someone frantically screaming in the entrance hall, specifically a, a woman. A woman, yes. Oh. Um, Snape asks Harry if Harry saw anything odd on the way down. Harry says, no, I didn't. And so they go out to investigate. And who they see is the screaming individual is Professor Trelawney, who has just been fired by Umbridge and ordered to leave Hogwarts immediately. Um, Pravardi and Lavender are seen lamenting the divination teacher's sacking, and despite her mild dislike of her, Professor McGonagall turns up and cons consoles Trelawney. And this is where she says, um, Trelawney says, you can't, you can't sack me. I've been here 16 years. Hogwarts is my home. And, Prof and Professor Umbridge says, it was your home. Until an hour ago, when the Minister of Magic countersigned the order for your dismissal. Now kindly remove yourself from this hall. You are embarrassing us. And that's when Professor Trelaw um, McGonagall says, 
There, there, Sybil, calm down. Blow your nose on this. It's not as bad as you think now. You're not going to have to leave, ho leave Hogwarts. Oh, really, Professor McGonagall? And your authority for this statement is? That would be mine, said a deep voice. <laughs> Dumbledore then intervenes, and although he is unable to reverse Trelawney's dismissal, he tells Umbridge that it is within his power to allow Trelawney to remain in residence at the castle. Yours, Professor Dumbledore, said Umbridge with a singularly unpleasant little laugh. I'm afraid you do not understand the position I have here. Or, you do not understand the position. I have here an order of dismissal signed by myself and the Minister of Magic. Under the terms of Educational Decree Number 23, the High Inquisitor of Hogwarts has the power to inspect, place upon probation, and sack any teacher she, that is to say I, feel is not performing up to the standards required by the Ministry of Magic. I have decided that Professor Trelawney is not up to scratch. I have dismissed her. To Harry's great surprise, Dumbledore continued to smile. He looked down at Professor Trelawney, who was still sobbing and choking on her trunk. Choking on her trunk? Okay. And said, that's what it says. <laughs> I know, I know. You are quite right, of course, Professor Umbridge. As High Inquisitor, you have every right to dismiss any teachers. You do not, however, have the authority to send them away from the castle. I am afraid... That power to do that still resides with the headmaster, and it is my wish that Professor Trelawney continue to live at Hogwarts. No, no, I will go, Dumbledore. I shall leave Hogwarts and seek my fortune elsewhere. No, it is my wish that you remain, Sybil. Might I ask you to escort Sybil back upstairs, Professor McGonagall? Of course. Up you go, Sybil. Um, <clears throat> and what, this is Professor Umbridge, and what are you going to do with her once I appoint a new divination teacher who needs her lodgings? Oh, that won't be a problem, said Dumbledore pleasantly. Oh, I love it. I love it. Hold on, hold on, please, please. Okay. You see, I have already found us a new divination teacher, and he will prefer lodgings on the ground floor. You've found? You've found? Might I remind you, Dumbledore, that under Educational Decree 22... The Ministry has the right to appoint a suitable candidate if, and only if, the Headmaster is unable to find one. And I am happy to say that on this occasion I have succeeded. May I introduce you? He turned to face the open front doors through which Night Mist was now drifting. Harry heard hooves. There was a shocked murmur around the hall, and those nearest the door hastily moved even farther backward, some of them tripping over in their haste to clear a path for the newcomer. Through the mist came a face Harry had seen once before on a dark, dangerous night in the Forbidden Forest. White blonde hair and astonishingly blue eyes, the head and torso of a man, joined to the palomino body of a horse. This is Ferenz said Dumbledore happily to a thunderstruck umbrage. I think you'll find him suitable. <laughs> <laughs> Go, oh Dumbledore. Go, hates, Dumbledore! She hates Go, Dumbledore. demi-humans. Demi yes. And he said, I'm a higher one in front of you. What about And there's it? nothing you can do about it. Wow. Oh, oh I feel... Oh. It's just marvelous. <laughs> <laughs> it's marvelous. Like, really? You want to make all these educational decrees? Guess what? Gotcha. Oh, so good. So good. Sorry. You just, you just got real loud in the mic. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's So the thing is, is that there are two moments. Well, there are a lot of moments. But two big moments that make me love Dumbledore so much. This is one of them. And the next one is at the beginning of the next book. Okay. That we're not going to mention right now. That's enough. We can do spoilers. Slight spoiler. Slight, slight, slight. Not giving context. It's when Dumbledore goes to pick up Harry from the Dursleys. Ah, oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I love it. Okay, okay. So, yeah. We're so close to it is why I'm excited. We're like... We're, we're getting there. Oh. We're getting there. Oh. But, yes. Um, there's... there's still a bunch of stuff that's supposed to happen. 
And I can't wait till it all starts happening. A Ooh. bunch of stuff. And that's it, everyone. We finished the chapter. We're done. Um, Dumbledore stuck it to the man. The man being Umbridge. We don't like her. She's terrible. That's all, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, everyone. Bye! Bye-bye. What are you doing? Say hi to my girlfriend. Okay. Hi. Hi.